Hi there. I'm Carrie, and you're listening to Curiosity. This is episode two, Emotional Enrichment. Well, hello, and thank you for showing up for episode two. It's really exciting. I have so much content inside of me to share with everybody. And I know that these first episodes were probably the hardest for me to construct, but once you break the seal, (laughs) you can't really shut me up. So this second episode is all about emotional enrichment. And I chose the word enrichment because I didn't want it to be like balance or emotional happiness or security. Just nothing else seemed right. But when I think about enrichment, I think about taking what already is and making it better without changing it. Emotions really are a part of our human experience. And we don't really want to take them away. We don't really want to not have the painful emotions. So I learned this um, this idea from Brooke Castillo, and that is how to feel better. And what she means by that is not how to feel better, but how to process your feelings in a better way. So essentially, I've renamed it and added a couple other things to that idea Because, like my podcast description says, that quote from Mark Twain, there's really no new ideas. I just put them through my kaleidoscope. And my kaleidoscope says that when you're feeling in a better way, what you do is you notice those physical sensations in your body and you describe them to yourself in your mind. Is it hot? Is it cold? Is it fast? Is it slow? I found that shame was such a strong emotion when I started this practice that the first time, a few times I felt it, it like was a little bit scary because I had pushed it back so, so much that when it smacked me, the first thing I wanted to do is try to distract myself from it or to try to come up with some sort of blame or justification or story for myself to not feel as bad. And it took me a while to be able to sit through the entirety of those sensations. Now, when you experience emotion, those hormones will only flush through your body. I've heard a couple different time frames. I think the most I heard was like three minutes. So I like to say for the length of your favorite song, that's how long you have to experience that discomfort. Most people can sit through their favorite song, right? Now, that's not to say that that won't come back. And if you're layering emotions, they're ever so slightly staggered, so it might seem a little bit longer. 
But at the core, your emotions last about three and a half minutes and your body is equipped to flush all of that out again. So remember, this is the physical sensation of an emotion like shame or anxiety. That's one that this practice is super helpful for. You can feel just even 10% better right in the moment, no matter how stressful that moment is. If you take a breath and start naming those sensations in your body instead of thinking your way to solving the sensations and the discomfort that they bring. Now later, I like to go back and do what I call a thought download, which this kind of falls into the thought work um, episode, which is going to be coming up in this four-part um Happy New Year <laughs> podcast launch. And so we're going to touch on all of these things, but they do cross over. It's not like these are categories with firm walls. <laughs> um, so like I said, after having like an intense emotional experience, I try not to think during that time. And I just name those sensations. If I do have a thought, which is a sentence as opposed to a descriptive word or a series of descriptive words, um, I tell myself what it is. I'm like, I'm noticing this is shame. And I really want you to hear what I said there. I'm noticing that I'm feeling shame. So I want you to see how I was just noting, noticing something that could be objectively inside or outside of me. I'm not identifying myself as shameful. And it, it's so important. You'll see as we go along, the words matter to me so much. And I focus in on the words that matter the most to me personally. And I know that everybody has a different lexicon. We have a different sort of set of words. And from our past experiences, we assign slightly different meaning to those words. For example, the word stuck. A lot of people, especially in the coaching world, or if you've worked with coaches before, you have the word stuck in your lexicon because that's how you describe how you feel before you get that coach that kind of helps you through those those points in your life. And I was never comfortable with that word because I never felt stuck. I always felt like I had directions I could go, but I didn't know how effective they were. So I always thought of myself more as spinning out, like I was high centered and my wheels were still turning. I was still grinding. My RPMs were still up. I just wasn't as effective. Never once did I feel at a loss. Never once did I feel stuck. It's like content. I haven't waited to produce a podcast for lack of content. I waited to produce a podcast for lack of experience in explaining that content in a way that was more universal than the person I was working with right in front of me. And I'm really excited to have like turned that corner. It is so 
phenomenal to me to be sitting here having this comfortable conversation with my phone speaker, essentially, but knowing that there's going to be somebody in this world who listens to it the same way I heard my coach speak on a podcast and it got my attention and it was so useful to me. So feeling better, processing those sensations in a physical manner through our body and calling that a feeling and then naming it, giving it that emotion name, anxiety, shame, fear, and just knowing that there's really nothing wrong. So after you describe those sensations, I said you go and you do a thought download or a thought vomit. Sometimes I have fun saying thought vomit as opposed to thought download because sometimes my thoughts really do just vomit all over the place. Anyway, so that's not a story when I do that. I literally make a list and I try to get as many onto a piece of paper in two minutes Um, because I could literally sit there and write what I'm thinking all day long and I have literally done it as in actually done it. Um, So after your two minutes is up, you take a look at that list of thoughts and you can kind of see like a thought grouping, you know, variations of the same sort of theme. And you can look at those and you can decide on their usefulness. Practice thinking the ones that you find useful and discard the rest. And we'll really dig into what is useful and what is not useful um, as far as thought work goes and how you would make that that decision. Uh, but you'll see, if you, if you try this practice, you'll start to see we sometimes make decisions based on some super ridiculous thoughts. The other thing that is thought-related, but I really think that looking at it closely and in a more broken down sense is really impactful for your emotional stability and your emotional state and by looking at the thoughts behind it really does create an environment of enrichment when you're able to look straight at it. And that is the idea of self-regard. Now, self-regard for me, I've broken down into a couple different areas and I'm not going to go into it this episode, but it's coming. Um, I break out in self-regard, self-confidence, self-worth, self-esteem, and self-reliance. And that's self-reliance in an emotional um, fulfillment way. So I think, uh, and and this kind of doubles back up to our human experience um, idea that we have to accept our emotions, however they come at us, and then process them. Avoiding them is not, though, easier than being a victim to them, right? You can avoid them and not be a victim to them. And then when you come across them, grit on through. But to truly be able to have that rich life, we're, we're going to need to look at acceptance. Now, acceptance of your emotions is not like acquiescing to them. That's not being a doormat to your emotions. And that goes for 
the concept that you know we create our emotions we take responsibilities for those for our emotions and that nobody else causes our emotions our emotions come from not necessarily caused by but come from the thoughts that we are having and those produce that produces the emotions in our body and there's so much judgment in how we feel so that's going to be um something that comes up probably often in the course of this podcast because that judgment piece also shows up a lot in our thoughts and our inner dialogue and then when it shows up in our inner dialogue it shows up externally as well and those judgments make it hard for us to build those really close relationships um how you feel always is your motivator on whether or not you do something or you don't do something we're built as humans to seek pleasure and to avoid pain and so the actions that we take are either to seek that pleasure avoid that pain of that emotion um there's a there's another thing that i see out in the world and that's like this false positivity this idea that you can gratitude yourself into feeling better and i think that gratitude is huge don't get me wrong however you have to believe that you're grateful for it you know i am not always grateful for my kids i'll be straight up and honest with you there are days where i don't put them on my gratitude list because i don't mean it <laughs> that day and maybe i'm just not a super nurturing sort of person but i also have a really hard time like faking happiness um but i can be neutral and i can be totally honestly neutral so maybe i don't put them on my gratitude list but it's not like i do a big fat thought download about how horrible my kids are either you know it's fine to not always put your kids first you hear that ladies it's okay to give to yourself first it's okay to not be a super mom sometimes you're just a human in an experience and that is not anything to brush off when i say just a human i mean eliminate the just part and say you are an exceptional human having an experience and you don't have to be everything to everybody all of the time especially especially when my kids my kids are older they're 15 and 17 i mean seriously they are immature adults <laughs> and i know people who are probably have 10 15 years on them that are just the same type of adult as they are um people pleasing people pleasing is a sneaky sort of emotional manipulation that we put ourselves through and 
it's harsh, but it's true. It's a form of lying. We're, we're lying about how much we care to somebody to make them happy. And why do we want to make them happy? Because if they're happy, they're going to tell us how worthy we are. And so we can dig into this a little bit more too, but I want you to really think about it. What things were because you wanted a response and what things were because you genuinely wanted to serve? And I I mean, this is still hard for me now. I love making people happy. However, my purpose is also to serve. (laughs) Um, So... With coaching, I've kind of changed my my perspective on what it means to serve, but it's always my go-to. With my thought work and my practice, I've been able to dial back and ask myself, is this something that's going to interfere with my self-care, and then my family's care, and then my ability to support myself and my family, and then... I ask myself, is this something I want to do? Not, can I do? Because I can do a lot of things. I ask myself if this is something I truly want to do. And that little process has really kind of kept my people-pleasing to a bare minimum. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, just in, in the whole scope of emotions... So much has changed from a scientific standpoint. And what I find is really interesting, um, Lisa Feldman Barrett is a longtime neuroscientist, and she has been working with the neural networks of emotions. And I used to be really, really um, heavy on the idea of the lizard brain. And then I started following some of her work, and I'm partway through her book right now, so to be continued but um she talks about this idea of not really having a lizard brain however at the same I'm I'm still kind of working my way through like how to correlate that into a useful visual I'm not a neuroscientist I'm gonna guess most of you guys aren't neuroscientists as well and so for me really figuring out the line between like hard science and kind of my correlation research as things apply to me personally. And with coaching, I really like to work with my clients in that space because, you know, we don't always believe the hard science. We don't always believe the, um, blind faith in a religion. We, that's something you work at, like a relationship, like nurturing your purpose. Those things don't come automatically. A lot of things in life don't come automatically. A lot of things come with atten- intention and attention. So if we have an intention to give something attention, that something is going to get a bulk of our focus. I might not have known where I was going with that. Doesn't matter. Emotions. Lisa Feldman Barrett, 
to be continued on the the lizard brain versus the neural network she talks about and I, I don't know if I have enough of a grasp on it to really explain it well here in this episode but like I said to be continued uh, but briefly she talks about how our emotions are predictors they are drawing from past experiences to inform our current behavior on what might be coming next or to avoid something that might be coming next. So if you guys get a chance, Lisa Feldman Barrett, she writes uh, seven, seven secrets to your brain. I'll put it in the show notes. Anyway, that is the briefest emotional enrichment overview that I could muster. And there's some really good stuff in there. I gave you a little bit of thought work, which um, I'll probably pull out and put it in an episode by itself so that you guys can zero in on those thought work practices and have them be just a couple of minute episodes right there, really easy to identify. You don't have to skip through the longer episodes to find them and utilize them and so that you can go back to them. That was one of the things that um, I don't think I've seen anybody else really do that except for maybe Gallup coaching. They're doing that with their mindfulness, but that doesn't matter. I have found it very, very useful. And so that's how I want to structure these. And the next episode is on its way. it for now. Another tidbit of curiosity completed. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a production of KERI Radio, and I am really looking forward to hearing all of your thoughts. Thanks.